Hey everyone, and welcome to the Engineer of What podcast. This week you have myself, Nathan Westfall, and Rick Warden. Hello. Ricky. Mm, the one and only Tricky Ricky. Uh, how was your week? Ricky Platinum. Uh, <laughs> it has been busy um, because we're trying to cram a whole year's worth of wedding stuff into the span of about, eh, at this point, less than a, eh, just under two months. So it's it's fun. It's all good. I'm with you. I feel like yeah. that's always the summertime for us because school districts start in September and yeah. the summertime is the time to jam as much as you can in before October. Oh, I feel that too because we're um, we had it, it was fun this past week because uh, there was a few plans for the town that we review plans for that they're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, we need to get it by the July town council meeting this Monday. And oh yeah, if you we need to get those plans reviewed and like ASAP. So we're like, all right, let's. I worked overtime, you know, got the plans done, and mm-hmm. then like, oh no, JK, we're just gonna put it on the August meeting. Just kidding, guys, it's all good. And we're like, oh, wow. okay, that's cool, it's, it's no problem. But hey, I got overtime out of it, so I'm not, I'm not complaining. At least you get overtime. But, uh, I'm in the process right now. That's why we're recording late. Is uh, I have to go through this. Uh, online platform we use which of course doesn't export to excel why would you so i have to like line by line copy it over because i'm the only one with access to it um so that's a lot of fun but i don't get overtime so i'm just doing it at home leisurely yeah i'm surprised that you haven't automated that yeah i'll be honest i know i'm actually like in my mind trying to find a script yeah you should little disappointment yeah yep that's fair (laughs) intervention nathan you took time to actually do something instead of writing a script. What's Get that? your crap What's together. Wrong you? I, yeah. I don't even know who you are anymore, honestly. Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. Man, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, but I've been in the same boat as you. We've got a lot of stuff. Uh, the worst part is, is we have a lot of stuff that I know we have to do by October, which is our next release. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't really have a backlog yet. So none of us, we have an idea of what we have to do. But we're not really being told what to do. So we're kind of in this cycle of, I'm going to go ahead and do this feature over here, and hopefully we'll need it. Because nothing's kind of written out. So it's the process of just meetings and all that stuff, where the longer that we take in these meetings to figure out this backlog is the shorter time I have to already finish a cramped deadline. Now, shouldn't, shouldn't like what you have to be done rewritten out on your sprints or anything like that i mean that's what we're waiting on uh okay gotcha. so that there that was late and the sprints aren't written out yet so that's why uh, we're, we're waiting gotcha yeah. okay i'm trying to get um my company to get into the whole mvp cycle and using oh yeah we just started that probably six like months that. ago use agile being agile uh project yeah. storyboarding yeah. oh you know it trying to wow. use um trello i mean that would be nice that's what we used in college was Trello. For um, uh, story mapping, though, that whole plan thing, uh, we use a company called Stories on Board. Huh. Um, and okay. it's basically like a wall of post-its, but online, and multiple people can edit it at the same time. So if you like, we yeah, have a remote. Trello. We have a remote employee. Yeah, but Trello doesn't like do the true, true storyboarding. Like oh. storyboarding is supposed to be okay, like top to saying. top to bottom. Yeah. Right. So it's, it follows like that in order. Yeah. 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 Okay. But the benefit is, is if you do that correctly in stories on board, you can mm-hmm. then export to Trello. Oh, so it's just a good mapping tool to actually like oh, do true okay. storyboarding. And then when you have to go, you know, actually execute your, your sprint or release cycle or whatever, you can right. export to Trello and track it there. Uh, okay. That's actually really useful because, 
Well, like for I was using an example of a pumping station, and you know, like we, there's different phases for a pumping station. You have your uh, your bid phase, your uh, design phase, your construction phase. Um, mm-hmm. But then in those phases, you have different break breakdowns. So I mean, it would be nice to have like a storyboard where it has everything listed out. And then on Trello, where it has, you know, all the tasks, who has the tasks, you know, you got your ice box, you got your done box to review, but whatever, you know. Ice box, remind me what that one is again. We don't that's use just like that, a, but I know I've heard it before. That's just like a, eh, that would be nice to have, but we're, we've got better things to do. Oh, yeah. That, it's like know? the generic, like, release backlog. Like, if you have stuff to pull from, it's like a giant bucket. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, yeah. like, what I would use is a modified MVP, so, like, with and with this type with a uh, water wastewater engineering you can't really just give them a product to review initially you know minimum viable product you know is what mvp but you mm-hmm. can't really do that you kind of have to just give them all right here's the finished product you know so like i always do like mvp's minimum viable progress instead of pro- um product uh, instead of product yeah yeah Progress, because then you can do multiple MVPs in a certain amount of time. So, like, you know, you have four months, you know, or you have three months, you know, every quarter. Yeah. MVPs or something like that, you know. But I'm talking to somebody, uh, talking to uh, one of the higher ups of the company on Tuesday when they do my review for the year about it. Nice. Yeah. Going for that sweet, sweet pay raise, you know what I mean? So, I mean, you've been there for a year now? Yep, July tenth will be a year. Nice. Time flies; it really does. That's crazy. Congratulations! Yeah, yeah, I'm in October. Will be my two years. Yeah, this company. I'm waiting. Well, five. The only the biggest one that matters is your five years, because then you get a jump in uh, vacation time. Yeah, same. We just had a guy today, so today we had our uh, we have quarterly staff meetings where we yeah. get an update on the company and a couple other things that are going on. Mm-hmm. Um. We had our staff meeting today, and one guy from development just hit 30 years. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, so was that 1988? Yeah. 88. Yep. Yeah, 88. was when he started the company. It wasn't even, neither one of us were born yet when this guy started working. Dear Lord. Well, there's actually a guy at my company who's, he's, oh man, I want to say he's like 50 years old. Or, no, no, he's mid-40s. Mm-hmm. mid to early 40s and this is the only job he's ever had or oh, not he's never had he's, he's the only um this is the only company he's ever worked for post-college nice yeah so he's gonna hit he that. has all of the vacation time all of it yeah <laughs> real because that's great and then i know another guy the other gis guy um he's been there for 15 years or something like that because it was originally a different company and then my company bought that company so then they just mm. absorbed them yep. um, and just counted their time however long they've been at that other company that they bought so now he gets four we- uh, vacation weeks a year nice. yeah, four weeks a year of vacation paid vacation it's just unbelievable yeah. absolutely that's disgusting. crazy I think One the day. most we can get up to is five and then a week is sick. Yeah. Okay. But they're inter- they're interchangeable, so we'll just say six weeks is what you can <laughs> oh, really? eventually get up to. You have combined PTO. Yeah. Yeah. I can oh, use sick time so as lucky. regular time. Yeah. So lucky. Yeah. I wish. Yeah. But. So, 
So tell me about this uh, before we get into much else. You sent me a listing for a, yes, a job. That, that's what I was going to say. I, I, I thought I didn't tell you, but then I remembered, oh, yeah, that's right. I sent you a listing. Be, that was what I was saying. I was going to tell you something, but then just keep it on the podcast. Um, uh, is yeah, that yeah, yeah. The IT guy is gone. He's leaving soon. Is this Bless the guy? Um, we talked about him before, right? Yeah, he thinks that open source is crap because it's hackable. Oh yeah, good. So Can't last use it week, it's hackable. what happened? What happened is last week or two weeks ago at this point, he listened to the episode where we reamed him for open source being amazing <laughs> and that it's not crap. And he was like, "All right, I don't know anything," and just quit his job. So you're welcome, Ricky. You're welcome. Maybe I I, I could only hope. Yeah. I'd be honored. I would be really honored to do my company that service, but yeah, I don't think so. But. Uh, yeah. I was looking at the listing and I was just like, huh, it doesn't, I mean, I, I don't know. I, did, I don't feel like that's anything terribly special looking at it. Like <laughs> it didn't look anything crazy hard. Yeah. No, it's your basic, basic level IT guy. Yeah. Um, for sure. Well, what me and, uh, the other GIS guy was, were looking at the other day was, um, uh, Microsoft SharePoint enterprise E3. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, we want it. We want it so bad. Really? <laughs> I can't even What's tell so special you. about it? Oh my it? gosh. Well, because it, it would integrate all of the different stupid services that we have for the company into one. Like, mm. so you got your spam filter, you got your voicemail, you got your email, you got uh, intranet, you got tre um, their own version of Trello, you have Skype yep. for business, um, you got unlimited OneDrive storage. Um, oh wow! And that's for it's twenty dollars per user per month, so it'd run us like ah, uh, I got gotcha. you. So that's like the Office three six. Is that the Office three sixty five account with E yeah. three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it, pretty cool. Super nice because like right now we have like Zoom for our uh, video meetings. We have like the yeah. stupid spam filter that's just third party, and we you pay, could use like, Teams. Zoom. You could join the world of Teams. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. We could use. We have our own version of Slack on there. Um, what else? Teams been stepping up their game. They've been catching up. Really? That's good. Yeah, you can now, uh, you can now record meetings. So like when we do Ooh. stand up with twenty people, half of them yeah. remote and share screens, we can now record the whole thing. And oh, because nice. you have that unlimited storage, it just uploads it right into the group. Right, um, right. And they finally added. This won't matter for you, but they finally added inline code support when I type my messages. So I can like copy and code and say this is JavaScript and it formats uh, it all pretty. It makes it look good. So oh, that's nice. It's kind of like yeah. Slack. What, what Slack does. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. I'm okay. not saying Teams is better, but I'm saying Teams has been stepping up their game it's the past there, two yeah. months. Yeah, that's yeah, good. yeah, yeah. They're definitely ramping it up. So I'm excited. It's huh, catching up. That's good. I mean, I'm yeah. hoping our new uh, IT guy or girl learns and understands that we need something better than what we have right now. We're in the Stone Age. Because yeah. have I ever told you how our folder system is set up? Remind me, because I don't. I think this it's, was offline, so you can tell us for the podcast. It's literally just uh, network storage. So you just click on the network, and then you just have folder structure. There's nothing yeah. else. We have it's that just, too. That's it. We really? do. Yeah, oh, okay. I think though. Um, I, I think, think the benefit be better. It right? it is, but you have to think of all the network traffic that you get with SharePoint. So I think I think the benefit of what we have, and I could be totally wrong. I think we don't use SharePoint for complete storage. So like 
it still hosts it or keeps a backup. It's like OneDrive Sync, so it keeps it on our network. And in while we're in the office, we all use that network drive because it's so much faster because it's data sitting on our network, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, however, if I go home, I can go to SharePoint and see all the same files. Uh, okay, so it's just like a kind of like a backup on SharePoint. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So if I ever work remote or something else, I don't have to use a VPN to get in. I can okay. just log into SharePoint. See, that would make sense. There. Yeah, that yeah. would make sense to me. Because you but, want that speed when you're in the office, right? I want that right. 100 megabits per second download transfer speeds. Biggest I want that. thing that I want, though, is freaking fiber between all the offices. Like, Oh, dude, no, you don't. Our, ready for no? this? Our internet, I think, went down for six hours on Tuesday. What? Literally, so I'm about to give this presentation. I'm sitting in a meeting. It was like three o'clock or something like that. Yeah. Um, everything was fine. Literally talking with Teams. Someone at my desk walked to the meeting, and I boot up Teams, and it's like unable to connect to Teams. And I'm like, oh, this must be an issue with Teams. It's happened before. Yada yada. Yeah. Boom. Internet internet down. Can't connect. No. And this isn't like internet like Comcast. This is like AT and T. Just done. Doesn't work. Um. I can barely connect to another office that we have. Actually, the only way I connected to our other office was by turning a hotspot on my phone and then using the backdoor public URL to get to it. Wow, that's really bad. Yeah, yeah. It was, And it was like I left work early because there was still no internet at 445 and it was not fixed. So People were like, still like running so- around to fix it. If you have fiber, though, then if one thing goes wrong, everything goes wrong. Is what you're saying. Well, I mean, that's the same with any internet provider. If one thing goes wrong, everything goes wrong. So we lost internet. We lost connection to other offices, obviously, like it didn't work. Right. Um, our other office up in Maine um, has a data center there. So they have um, they host all of our servers. They host all of our websites. Uh, you know, it's an actual data center. Yeah. They still had, uh, I'll say, limited internet. Um, because when they have it, I mean, I, I thank God they have it because it's a data center, right? When the main line of internet goes down, it goes to another provider. So like AT&T uh, went down for us, yeah. but in the background, it just quick, it quickly switched to Comcast and it just worked. Okay. So it's not like grant granted, I don't know how they have it set up, but when I had it set up, uh, at my last job, um, you always have the second line in case something goes wrong, but right. it is it's not slow, but it's significantly slower than what you have, right? Right. You don't so we need, had a yeah. gig up. Yeah, we had a gig up and gig down at my last job, but the backup internet was like maybe 100 megs, which is still fast, yeah, but I needed that one gig, one gig. So 100 megs is like, yeah, the internet will work, but maybe you should all stop watching Spotify, you know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, huh. okay. they had that, so that's why it worked. But I mean, it was a long time without internet. Man. So I mean, we just need, good. well, because our current setup for between offices is that he has uh, replicating servers at each office. Mm-hmm. So they just, um, so they have a server and then it just talks to the main server and then it replicates whatever the difference is it sees. Is, and then that way, it, like locally at each office, it's super quick because it's just all local. Right, but then which is good. It'll, yeah, but then when you save a file, it'll just, uh, on a block basis, it'll update the main server. Yeah, that sucks because if, if, if it's not done with fiber between the offices, you have so many walls in between. Like, who knows? I mean, I mean, hopefully you're using a VPN at least, but I mean, you don't know how yeah, that is. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say, you don't know... Yeah. 
what servers are hitting that data between beginning and end and uh yeah. what stinks though too i mean do you guys ever run into problems where like you in your office edit a file and someone else in the other office edits a file but because it's just copying files and they're not accessing the same one that you guys run into like oh yeah right right lack problems and oh last yeah. you user gotta, save loses yeah um the civil department with cad files oh my god they gotta they always have to be calling each other like hey do you are you on are you off oh, make sucks. sure you save it yeah, it's so bad. It that's why. I, that's why I'm saying fiber is the way to go. I think yeah. for us, there's some you know. better fiber or some better way just to lock your files that are like sensitive like yeah. that. I like get move everything to sure. Git. To what? To GitHub. Just move oh. everything to GitHub. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's open source. So move my whole my whole right. C drive there. Yeah. <laughs> just no, move no, it onto no. OneDrive. Honestly. Oh yeah, I have a lot of my stuff go to OneDrive already, which is yeah. great. Um, I mean, I just have so. it on Google. That's fine. Same thing, yeah. different. Same thing. Person reading your data. It's all the same in the end. Oh, yeah. speaking of internet outages, did you hear about the Google Home fiasco? Uh, I feel like, dude. I did. Okay, Re- when Google me. Google Home, um, so like their little Echo devices. Um, I got to be careful right now because my dingus is on. Yeah. Do um, not stoop. To, do not call Google Home an Echo. They're two different things. Way different. No, they are different. I'm trying to make the distinction though that it's okay. that no, device, the Google Home. Fair enough. Fair and then their um, their Chromecast devices. Um, oh yeah, they, that's right. They didn't work, right? Yeah, apparently. So I was kind of reading in on this. Well, a lot works. So I'm not fully caught up. But from what I understand, Google pushed out uh, a firmware update or something over the air. And it just yeah. broke. It broke everything. Like nothing worked, and it took them forever <laughs> to resolve it. Like forever. Like it was a good, I would say, six to eight hours or something. Dear Lord. Yeah, for them to fix this, and even then to fix it, they're like, "Oh, you have to restart your device for it to pick up the new firmware thing." So you have to be like, on the internet Physically reading there. that this is happening. Yeah. yeah, which sucks. Otherwise, you're like, "Why is my Chromecast not working?" Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Some that's the thing. People on Twitter, I was like going through the the feeds and stuff, and some of them were like, "Yeah, I've rebooted my internet six times. I've you know <laughs> reset my phone, like everything else, other than the fact, like, oh no, Google messed up." Welcome to the so, internet of things, everybody. Now imagine that with your fridge. <laughs> yeah, you can't eat today because oh, of the I bad saw, firmware patch. Oh my god, I saw this Samsung commercial, and now they have Bixby in a freaking Samsung uh, fridge. Ugh. Like, really? Big, <laughs> so, listen, this, Samsung. Oh, hold on, let me go over a rant real quick. Samsung okay, makes good hardware. Okay, like their their hardware is decent. They have good innovation, all that stuff. Please. Please stop trying to invent software. You guys are the absolute freaking worst. Like, I want Android. I don't want this weird looking UI that slows down my device because you think it looks unable to be uninstalled on it. Because you think you think your UI is superior to Angular Material Design and everything else, and you bloat it so it works like trash. That's number one. Number two, don't go invent Bixby or uh, something else. Why are you? You're using Android. Google has their own, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need to invent Bixby because you think it's going to be better than Apple's because you guys just love fighting like let it go <laughs> well it's funny that samsung supplies uh, uh, some components for apple phones but oh like half the phone is samsung like yeah, just no, relax exactly. you got someone <laughs> giving someone money just let it go so, I don't, yeah i didn't understand bixby when android has uh assistant baked right into it already good to go did you it's know like, 
that if you they stopped this like uh this week i think but did you know that if you used bixby um that like samsung gave you credits or like paid you for asking questions because that it's what? like bing when it's like oh you should use oh, yeah, bing yeah, yeah. and we'll give you free credits because we know you don't want to use this product <laughs> yeah. they did the same thing with bixby oh my gosh yeah you know now that you remind me of that i should start using bing for like my work searches because then i don't know i don't know if i still want to do that though just because like yeah i mean you might so get free better. you might get free credits might but you might not get cards. work done yeah yeah exactly. so yeah. it's one or the other you know what's really more important there yeah i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah that's tough my uh, i saw that they uh, they actually i was starting to use my uh, google maps today and i realized that they updated like the fonts and um how stuff mm-hmm. looks on the on the app and it looks they did beautiful looks amazing. it does look really good it's more did you more also material know, design. have you noticed uh that in google maps now if you click the home button and leave google maps it does a picture in picture of your navigation oh yeah it's been like that for like months for me oh, okay i wasn't sure if how, how long ago your update was that's why I was it was asking. probably well i have a nexus so it's like immediately oh, yeah. every single okay. time yeah cool because remember okay. i have messages on uh for web now and you do you still have oh i do now that? no i finally got it i got oh, it uh plus. two right, days yeah. ago yeah i've that's been checking good. every day for weeks <laughs> i don't know why they uh only did it for certain phone like they did such a slow rollout because they knew they'd get something wrong so like literally yeah. just now i switched tabs to see if i like i mean i knew i had it but just to verify i still had it right, right. and at the bottom it said oh guess what we just updated messages for webs click now to refresh so like even right now they just made an update to it huh so um, good for them though they at least they're taking the do keeping with it but it's yeah, good. It's, yeah. A, it's a step in the right direction towards the glorious iMessage for Android that everybody's always asked for from Google. Oh, I can't wait. RCS. Oh, my. Well, see, I don't know. Would it even be RCS, though? Like, would they actually? Oh, yeah. They've they've announced that it's RCS. So, so basically how RCS. this. Yeah. How this technology works now. And I'm almost positive because I've been trying to track my network traffic to, to get it down. But um, messages for web doesn't actually receive text messages it still goes to your phone first and then right. messages so it's gonna be the same thing where they're gonna piggyback off rcs from the carriers and just as rcs capabilities are available on your phone between people they'll support rcs on the web because your phone's right. still doing the final transaction so then it won't yeah okay so it'll still go through your phone but then it'll go through Correct. different servers to get to your yes computer okay interesting yep the day that rcs comes to most people's phones is be a glorious day but i see i don't see like verizon or any of the big guys picking it up because like ooh, but my, my proprietary technology you know like they want yeah they all, they I, all want their own thing i think they'll do it though well no the carriers don't want their own thing they right carriers have sms they don't you know that's that's their thing apple has imessage which is fine um but if uh i think what will happen is if, and I don't see this happening anytime soon, but if Apple were to jump on the RCS bandwagon and say, hey, you know, we'll support RCS because we want that experience with Android, but we'll make RCS better, or they'll do some twist so that their version of RCS is better. Yeah. Um, once I Apple says RCS is adopted by them, then the carriers will get on board because it's like, boom, right. there's 95% of our market. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what, what, I, what gets me though, what's ironic is that Google's own uh, cell phone service doesn't have RCS. 
Yeah, I know. Like, I have Project Phi, and they don't have RCS. Like, It's coming soon, though, right? For Phi? I read that it was coming soon for them. They, they always say that. They, yeah, they say that for everything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, anyway, um, so, uh, level two, Ricky. This has been my entire week. Um, I got, I'm normally not, so we have uh, our main product, which is like our web client, um, that just got rolled out this week on Monday. Mm-hmm. So when this gets rolled out, especially during now, which is like the busy time of the year, school's out, everyone's now going to start doing routing for the fall and all that stuff. Um, right. So support gets a lot of phone calls, like all day, every day. They just get phone calls. Um, right. So level twos, do you know what a level two is in the uh, software industry? A level two is essentially a client calls support. Support writes down their problem, tries to figure it out, but it's a problem that either support can't fix or support proved is a, a software bug. So it's different than a bug that came from QA. So if I get a, a bug from QA, um, that means it's a it's something that they found either while a release is out or while they're testing it. A level two bug uh, is something that a client found and we were able to verify. So it's like it's like an escalation of a bug because our clients mm-hmm. found it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, do you guys have anything like that? I don't even know if you guys have a support or people just call I in. Mean, Sales, I'm guessing, is your front line for that stuff? I mean, if there's something that goes wrong with, I don't know, a design, or it's just going to go back to the project manager, whoever the client is, is going to call project what manager. About, what about you guys with um, Esri Map stuff, right? Because you have clients that use your Esri Maps. If they have an issue with the map, what do they do? They usually ask us... Um, but who's us? Like who's yet. who's your, like, who's your um, uh, eh, whoever whoever made the map? I mean, so you could yeah. get calls directly from a client. You, yeah. I mean, oh, it sucks. We have a pretty nonchalant uh, relationship with the clients who we have we, who we made maps for. Yep. So it's, we talk to them on a daily basis because <laughs> we just do some. Oh, that's fair. Then. So yeah. it's like, hey, um, this this layer isn't working. Oh, okay. Let me let me take a look at this. Or can you update this layer? Oh yeah, sure. You know, just real quick, the here or there type deal. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, oh, I guess yeah. I like having support in the front line. So like, some of these are super quick. Like I had my boss come up to me like, hey, uh, I need your help with this. I never. I don't think I've ever had to deal with a level two because. That's just not my department, but I mean, I, don't, right. I didn't mind doing it. So um, the downside though of me having to fix level twos, um, I like, strangely enough, I'm the one software engineer who likes fixing bugs because I like trying to like figure out what went wrong. Right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I go through every stage of denial when I go through a bug, I'm like, that's not a bug. <laughs> and then I go into, you know, um, how does this work? Yeah, well, it's, it's what is it? Uh, there's some meme for it, I'm gonna butcher it, but it's like, this this bug this isn't a bug, uh, this is a it's bug. A feature. Um, <laughs> it's a yeah, it's a feature. It works fine on my device, and then you find the code, and it's like, um, how did this ever work? This should have never worked. <laughs> this <laughs> looks know, like crap. <laughs> yeah. So going that up subtraction. So the the downside I'll say with me doing level twos right now is because I'm not in that portion of the software anymore um, with development. When I have to fix these level twos, I'm 99% of the time going through someone else's code from a different department. So I'm like trying to sit there 
and decipher what's happening. So I got to almost like learn that part of the code from scratch again, right? So I have to be like, okay, um, in this JavaScript file, you call this function, which calls this function, which oh now bumps over to this server. So let me track it down here, and then bump over to this server, and then maybe makes this database call, makes this call to Esri, and then comes back and makes another call to Esri. Um, so that part takes forever because it's right. so many moving pieces. I had the first level two I got, I fixed in literally 30 seconds. So good. I triaged it, so I was super happy with it. It was, um, you have an employee ID, um, but that field's never supposed to be blank, um, but there was apparently some import bug that we found later on after I triaged it that, uh, that you could make it field blank, so they fixed that, I think, yesterday or something, but... Um, I triaged the bug. So like, oh, this field should be blank. So you should just put something in there and the whole system will work fine. And they did and it worked fine. So Hmm. I like triaging bugs a little better than I do fixing them right there on the spot because to fix them, I then have to do a build, which takes 20 minutes to build our entire system. And then our IT guy has to deploy it, uh, which through it's not his fault. It's just a big software application. So it could take anywhere from two minutes to... 30 minutes. So by the time I fix the bug, it's like an hour before the client gets it for me to see if it's fixed. So hmm. triage, which I mean, I'm sure you've heard triage before. Yeah. Yeah. Triage is so much better than actually fixing the bug. Um, but I had one huh. uh, yesterday with this level two that a client came through that was actually partly an Esri problem, but I won't get into that. Um, what isn't an Esri problem? <laughs> I know. Like, literally, I was going through, <laughs> as I said, I was, like, going from JavaScript to server code to all this other stuff, and I literally saw the code for two Esri calls, and I was like, this is crap. Just there take it, it is. out. <laughs> yeah. There's my problem right there. <laughs> there it is right there. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I was going through it. That bug, though, um, took me six hours. From the time I got into the office until, like, 2.30, I was working on this bug. And Lord. it got to the point where I got assigned the bug to help out another department, spent the first two hours on it, got pretty close, and then another buddy of mine came over to my desk, and we spent the next three hours together because I helped him on one the day before. So he came over and was like, hey, I was just about to look at your bug. Thanks for covering it. So we spent the next three hours trying to figure it out. And then we had two more people came over. There was like, by the end of the day, like four people around my desk trying to figure out this bug. Um, Cause it legitimately was one of those bugs um, that would not happen locally. Like we tried our QA sites and our development machines and it right. worked fine, flawless, no problems. Hmm. Um, but we, you'd run it on production and it would take literally like 65 seconds for this function to run. Like what way too heck? long. Yeah, That's way so too weird. long. Yeah. You want to know what it was? It's what? getting real technical too. Oh like gosh. this is what it, this is what it was. So we had a SQL statement in there, uh-huh. a perfectly fine SQL statement, no big yeah. deal. I get a data table back from a custom function and then run a query on it. No, okay. nothing out of normal. Like I would expect it to take like a second or so. Like it's not a cheap query, but right. it's not a sixty-second long query. No. Right. Right. It was the version of SQL that was installed oh my god they there was a patch in sql that fixes this because it was literally um you in sql when you run stuff in the management portal of it you can see what's called the execution plan 
Um, so in SQL, I mean, you know basic SQL commands, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can do like select star from table, right? And then right. if you want to filter it, you would do select star from table where column equals value, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's what you write, but SQL determines what's called an execution plan for how it's actually going to do it. So it could be like, okay, I'm going to know that this column is an index, so I'm going to pull up index pages instead of the actual um, table pages and seek through the indexes so I can get where in the page the the value actually is. So um, this execution plan ends up being incredibly important when you have a huge or very complex SQL statement because SQL might want to do it one way, but in your mind you're like, no, you should actually do this first because it might save you time. 99% of the time, SQL is right and you should trust their execution plan. You don't want to go in and mess that up. It's just not worth it. Right, yeah. But we noticed that on our machines, the execution plan was pretty good. You know, it took about a second, second and a half at most, and it, it ran pretty good. On production, it took probably 45 seconds for this thing to run. And when you look at the execution plan, it had one major step that was just entirely off. And that's where it got all that time from. So uh, okay. um, it's it was not our first thing to check because that's such a weird thing. Like they're both on the same year, but it was the patch version that made it. So bonkers. on production servers, it was a different pa- uh, patch. Yeah, I think they version. call them uh, CU or SU updates or whatever. Yeah. Um, so the okay. production was a couple behind, but it was just in like I pulled out my college experience from like, you know, forever ago for the two years that I sadly went. Um, but I took DBA classes, database administrator. Um, so I actually like went into SQL and did some pretty weird stuff, but, um, it was, that was probably the weirdest bug I've had in a long time where it was not the code. It wasn't, I mean, the code needed to be cleaned up, but it wasn't the code that was the root of the issue. (laughs) That's the other problem when I go through these bugs. I look through this code, I'm like, oh, this is so bad. Who wrote this? Where's where's the blame feature of GitHub? I need that right now. Blame, blame. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it was one of those issues where it was like a deep issue where it was just in the database program itself, not even our code, and it's just complicated. Like, we even had an issue, the guy who was helping me fix it, um, had a statement a couple years ago called, uh, I think it was merge is the SQL command where it like merges two tables together. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ran this more than once and what's called the same scope, it just wouldn't work. It was like a known SQL bug. We didn't know of it obviously, but it was a yeah. known SQL bug where this, it wouldn't error out, but nothing would work properly. Um, and it took us, again, that's one of those things where it takes you forever to figure figure out because databases are such a core fundamental part of everything. No one mm-hmm. checks that first. They're like, oh, my code's wrong. I'm sending data over wrong. Maybe right, it's a like, network issue. You never about, assume it's they, a They've been reviewed so many times that like you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's totally fine. Because huh. literally their whole point is to have the best performance. So like right. any company who makes a database spends 90% of their time fixing performance and reliability. So when you come across stuff like this, you're like, oh, it's never the database. But you get those few that are, and you're literally like head against the desk, like, oh my gosh, taken forever. <laughs> so that's huh. uh, that's been my week with level twos. It's uh, it's been fun, yeah. but it's been a long. I mean, long I understand days. what you mean by like the um, 
you're like one of the few people who, under, who tries to f- like try and fix something or try and figure out what mm-hmm. went wrong. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of had to do that for. There's a letter that we had to write for because um, there's this hospital that's discharging to the town that okay. uh, we contract with, and so backstory: this hospital was, was built in 1921, right? Oh, and they wow. have terracotta terracotta um, sewer. Sound like Dr. Marble there? Um, What's terracotta sewers? Terracotta. Sorry, I I don't know why I said terracotta. <laughs> I mean, up. I could have pronounced it wrong too, so that's why I'm asking. Uh, terracotta, you know, like uh, you know what terracotta is? It's like no. um, terracotta roof. Oh, um, okay. it's like clay, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I gotcha. Yep, very brittle. Um, yep. So they they made back in the day they did that uh, as sewers because it's you know it's reliable, it's readily available, it's easy to make. You know, you can make a Probably lot cheap. of Probably cheap. Yeah. Yeah, and it's pretty cheap. Um, but, you know, flash forward 100 years later, and it's all broken. It's all horrible. Right. Well, we got we figure out, like, so the town has I&I issues, like infil, inflow and infiltration. So, like, the water is coming into the sewer system um, mm-hmm. that isn't supposed to be. And it's raising up the, you know, it's making the maintenance costs high and this and that. You know, a lot of issues because of that. Mm-hmm. Um so we find out that this is where all of the inflow and infiltration is coming from. And we're like, well, how did this happen? So then you have to, then we had to go back through like all the records for the past, oh man, three, for the past three years, um, and figure out where the high point, you know, well, we had to plot it all, figure out where, like how, why, um, certain times were higher than others, you know, which turned out to be that the sewer is underneath the water table. So then water's just coming in from groundwater, right? Hmm. So okay. it's just pouring in um, into the sewer and then going to the treatment plant. Uh, and then, so then we have to figure out, okay, so is this a seasonal thing? Is it this, is it that? It's kind of like a, I don't know, almost like investigative engineering. It's kind of interesting. I find it interesting anyway. It's kind of like, you know, trying to find a bug. You're like, okay, try and investigate, like, what's going on here? I don't yeah, know. well, for you, it's it's gonna, it could be, like, a thousand different things. I mean, you're literally looking at, like, pipes underwater, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, it's funny, too, because um, we got pictures of these sewer pipes just open to the air. So, like, water can what? Just, like, range can just go right into it. Yeah. That's not normal, right? No one no, has oh gosh, sewer no. pipes above water or yeah. above land. No, yeah, it's, it's, it was underground, but then there was, like, this hole in the ground that was, like, in a shed. Huh. Uh, and you could just see into the, you could just see the sewer going by in the pipe, and we're like, huh, interesting. Okay, like, probably shouldn't be there. Yeah, nah, huh. oh, that doesn't look normal. Okay, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it it was an interesting couple of days trying to write a letter to them and explain like what is going on, why it's bad, and like that they need to fix it like now because it affects. You wouldn't think so, but we need the more concentrated uh, like. When you build a treatment plant, you you test the sewer, and then you build it to that. But then when it gets diluted, it affects everything. So hmm. it made a, it makes a whole issue. And then you know things started clicking in our heads. We're like, oh my gosh! So this is why this problem happened in this. Oh in yeah, plant, I love that. This is why yeah. this problem is. And we're like, oh my god, we've been try- racking our brains for how many months on this one? Or yeah, how it's many one years. It's mean one downstream downstream issue. That costs yeah, all it, of it. Yeah, it's just one person. It's like me with Esri. Place. Yeah, exactly. Oh, all this broke because I'm using Esri. Just that one little, co- oh, close to it. Oh, look at you. 
<laughs> Speaking of Esri, it, there was um, there's a new function, uh, new feature on SharePoint um, to bring everything back together. SharePoint and Esri that you can take your um, SharePoint files and geo mm-hmm. uh, tag them all in SharePoint. Oh wow! So you can there you go files. for your 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 uh, yeah exactly. Problem we've been what, trying to solve. That's yeah. what I was saying. Like you have it all locally. And then you can actually share those maps because it's SharePoint, so you can share it to oh, people wow. outside the organization. That's perfect. There you go. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was like. They were listening oh to the podcast and were like, we can Obviously. do this better. Yeah. No, it came out like a couple months ago, apparently. But yeah, we were, we were watching videos there, and me and um, the other GIS guy were like looking at each other like, holy crap, we just solved yeah. the problem. <laughs> yeah. It's like That's instead so cool. of all this coding in the background, it's right here in front of our faces. Right. It's yeah. the best of worth. It's like instead yeah. of all this coding and instead of using Google Drive. It's literally just drag and drop. I kid you yeah, not. That's it's awesome. Like you are, so you set up your features on the map, import the map into SharePoint or you import the SharePoint to the map, something like that. Um, yeah, and then you the click yeah. on the files, you drag it and drop it onto the point, onto the um, feature and boom, geotagged. So nice. when you click on that that thing, it brings up all the files that are referenced to that, because we have this thing called Sanborns um, in uh, for environmental. Because when you're doing like underground studies, you know, you, you, it, they're very expensive, and they tell you like um, what's uh, what kind of soils there, this and that. Um, they're like two hundred dollars a pop, and even oh, every wow. time we do every time we do like underground investigations, we have to pull one. So it'd be mm. nice if we could see like uh, what sandborns we have of a certain area. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm following. So you. then you could pull up a map. Be like, all right, this is how what we have all over Delaware of sandborns. Nice. Well, this would be exactly it. So we have it all on our, on our server, reference it to the map, and then anybody in our company can just look at it. and Be like, boom, there's a sandborn. We don't have to spend another two hundred dollars, and that's nice. a cost you can pass off to the client. But yeah, when I saw that, I was just like, oh my God, we have to get SharePoint now. We have to get SharePoint. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because that's just 10 times better than everything that we've done so far. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. That's, yeah. So that's why with this new IT person, I'm really hoping for Office 365. Really Yeah, because then you it. guys can integrate right with that. Perfect. Oh yeah. Everything's integrated Boom. beautifully. Because Microsoft and Azure have been playing very nicely lately. They have been. I've been noticing that under the radar that they've been kind of best best buds. I think Microsoft realized that a GIS is the future of a lot of stuff and just makes every, you can do so much with GIS. So they're just hopping on that board and getting on board with the biggest um, GIS company in the game right now. Yeah, Uh, that's why they rebuilt their Bing engine and put it in Azure. Oh, really? Yeah, they they, uh, they call it Azure Location Services, which does some cool stuff like routing, traffic, uh, trails, a bunch of cool API level stuff, right? Super Mm -hmm. quick, super cool. Um, They call it Azure Location Services, and we're all watching this presentation, and we're like, it's Bing. It's it's Bing moved to Azure, and there's no other way to put it. So they they do understand it, but it was it was one of those funny things where like yeah you guys you guys get it, but you do you don't have to you don't have to BS us. It's big, <laughs> it's big. So, huh? Yeah, that's that, good. Yeah, I, it's very interesting because to see like how they're playing nicely together, it's it's nice. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, we no. can go even farther. But we'll see. Hey, maybe yeah, Microsoft's so, gonna too. maybe Microsoft is gonna buy Esri. Who knows? Oh my gosh! Can you? Mm, you heard it here first, folks. Esri's going. Every will yeah, be bought you heard it here Microsoft. first. Microsoft. If Microsoft <laughs> buys, 
if Microsoft buys Esri, I will never say one bad word again for the sole purpose that Microsoft hopefully will make Esri's code open source at that point. Mind blown, game changer, set to go. All right, I'm going to put my money on third quarter 2020. Ezri will be bought. You heard it first. Yep, (laughs) I like it. I like it. Oh, all right. Anything else, Rick? I mean, I think we've talked enough about woes and everything else and all that other stuff. We kind of, yeah, we had a nice little uh, trip down different lanes today. I like it. Yeah, good good episode. Yeah, I would say so. So if you like this episode, then you should subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, grab your friend's phone and subscribe wherever they get their podcasts. Or if they don't listen to podcasts, just download an app for them. Welcome to the the wonderful world of podcasting. I've even found a couple new ones this week that I'm super pumped about. Um, Like Ricky, I'm going to do a shout out. Not that that's going to matter, but there's a podcast I started listening to called Reply All. You should go check them out. They do okay. like um, really cool pet questions, but they answer them, and it's it's cool. I won't give too much away, but it's an interesting podcast. Um, so find us where you find podcasts. Subscribe. You can email us uh, info or podcast at theengineerofwhat.com. You can go to the website, click contact. We'll get it through there. You can find us on Twitter, Engineer of What. Uh, and I think that's all we have for this week, so we'll see you guys soon. This is Nate. This is Rick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.